are evading confrontation. I got here today by driving my car, which is powered by a series of small explosions. You and I probably will fly by the end of the month. That plane is powered by a series of small explosions. Small explosions are the smaller confrontations we need to have to keep us on track. It's the little correction your wife gives you today. It's the correction you give to your staff. It's the thing you say to your children. It's the way that you get things back in lines. If we don't have small, healthy confrontations and explosions, we're going to have the great, big, huge ones that blow up our lives. So evading confrontation is one of the things that causes tremendous destruction. I love the football program at the University of Pennsylvania, mm -hmm. and it's been destroyed by the sexual right. abuse. And the primary perpetrator, Sandusky, said in court, no one ever confronted me about child abuse. Isn't that amazing? I can't believe it. You say that right here in your paper. Yeah. yeah. You talk about that at the very no beginning. No one ever confronted me. Now, he may have been lying, but all the testimony outside of that seems to confirm it. And so the question is, why not? We all need to have people who are able to confront us. I beg my staff, I beg my team, I beg my wife, who is a wonderful, loving woman, but tough. Uh, I beg them, tell me what I need to hear. Don't let me just go off the rails or don't just back away from me. So loving, consistent confrontation has got to happen. I don't want it to be a once a year memory. My staff says, oh, I remember that time we confronted Stephen. I want it to be every week. Hey, that blog doesn't make any sense. Hey, you're being silly. You were a little harsh the other day in that meeting. What's going on? I want regular confrontations so that we're fine-tuning what's going on rather than the big explosions. How do you invite those? How does somebody who has that sort of submit to me or we don't have a relationship personality move toward inviting confrontation in their life. Shut up. Ask people what you need to know. If something goes wrong they should have confronted you about, go to them and say, man, what? hey, don't ever let me step into that again, man. Tell me what's going on. Right. Constantly. You've got to humble up. You've got to invite it. There's no tension between being in charge and asking for input. I mean, in fact, that, I actually put that in people's job descriptions. Your job is to give me input at a professional and personal level that I need to be the best I can be. That's a line in almost everybody's job description. So that's got to happen. It seems like there's there's a consistent theme here amongst some of these ideas, at least the four we've talked about so far, that you've got to be able to take some losses in order to win the war, and that's counterintuitive. You know, I was talking to a buddy the other day, and he's in a tough place with his wife, done some things he shouldn't have done, and he's getting beat up over it. Yeah. And he's trying to win each of those battles. And I just said, if you want to win the war, lose every battle from here on out. Yeah. Just lose, yeah. lose, yeah. Walk in and lose it. And that's counterintuitive for a lot of people. It is. And, and some of the professions uh, that are the most vulnerable to the great big crashes are the ones that have built into them some distance from the next tier of people in their lives. So there aren't these confrontations. Think about the way the average pastor functions. Think about the way the average politician functions. Think about the way a general functions. I work in D.C. a lot, live there half the year, talk to a lot of generals. They say, well, who am I supposed to get? The colonel's not going to say anything. His job depends on it. He's got to cultivate that with his peers, cultivate that kind of confrontation and input from his peers. But it's making a massive difference in those who actually allow it.